Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 225-291-6901. And you can reach us with that area code from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure wish you would. We always appreciate hearing from you, anywhere you may be. Yeah, I had a person who had emailed earlier in the week, uh-huh. and he says, you never announce the time that you're live on the air. Okay. And, of course, the Automotive Hour airs live locally 10 to 11. Which is Central, Central Standard Time. Right. So if you want to listen live and go to, I think, iHeart carries it live and yeah. some of the others, but you would have to listen 10 to 11 Central Standard Time. You've got to do the conversion if you're in a do the math. different time yeah, zone. You, <laughs> <laughs> you always hate when people give a time. They don't tell you what time zone you're uh-huh. in, particularly if you're on the Internet, because you don't know where oh, the person it, is exactly. writing this. And so, Could be anywhere in the world. Very, very easily. If you go to our website under the radio show, there's a little stopwatch on that page. There is. And it will automatically calculate the time till the next show. So you can look at that. It'll tell you how long till the next show, regardless of your time zone. Wonderful. And if you click on the face of that stopwatch within one hour, it'll automatically link to iHeart so you can listen Listen live. live. So in case you do want to listen live to the show. That's a great feature. Yeah. It's something I put in there years ago, and a lot of people I don't think really realize that it's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, of course, if not, you can listen to the podcast. The podcast is going to be a cleaned-up version. We take the commercials out. We take out some of the stuttering and stammering. (laughs) (laughs) So you get a little cleaner feed, I think. And it's also going to be one week old. So what you're listening to on podcast is what happened one week ago. Correct. Because it takes me a week to get it. Get it loaded, edited, get it loaded, and what have you? Get it loaded on the side of server and what have you. So you're listening to a one one week old feed. So just two different options. Thought I would mention that's good email, and great email. Got another email this morning, and gentleman is He says he's considering putting a remote starter on his vehicle. Okay, remote so start feature be an aftermarket setup. He didn't say, and that was my very first advice to him, the aftermarket accessories like that a lot of times do not work properly and more times cause problems down the road. And some of them get installed and they work flawlessly. Mm-hmm. But in the, in knowing that, if something happens to this system, you know, this aftermarket installed system later on down the road, where are you going to go back to have it fixed? Well, very often what happens, some engineer whatever will design this system to work a certain way then he goes offshore somewhere and has it produced then he moves on to his next project and that just gets stuck in a file cabinet somewhere the point is we get them in constantly and the system is five six years old it's malfunctioning that company that made that part is so far gone they're not even a memory nobody even remembers who they were no parts available. There's nothing you can do other than to go in and try to take all this out. Right. No support at all. No, there's nothing all because that company has, they, they came out, they built a certain number of them for that year model. Then they moved on. Sure. So with a factory installed system, the factory is going to have service data on the system. Generally, they're going to have replacement parts. You're going to have these things to service it on the aftermarket stuff. particularly with like a remote starter because it generally interferes with the the start feed somewhere if it malfunctions the default may be no start so now you got a car that won't start and the only thing you can do is to go in and try to figure out where this thing is where how it was installed what wires they cut take Uh all that out you're going to probably eat up a few hours oh yeah all that takes time which are several hundred dollars 
in the meantime, your car's not going to start. So just something to think about. I know anytime we get a car in with any kind of a, a weird electrical problem, mm-hmm. the very first thing we start looking, are there any aftermarket accessories right. that have been installed on this vehicle? And that starts with the radio and goes right on down sure. to, to a trailer hitch. Any type of aftermarket accessories, and I don't want to paint the aftermarket with a broad brush and say they're all bad, because they're not. Some aftermarket parts are as good or possibly better. better than OEM. However, very, very, very often, in my experience, they have not done the total engineering that the OEM would have done. They've gone in. They know exactly how this system works because they designed it. They know what effects and what ill effects you may have if anything goes wrong with this system. It's already integrated into the vehicle. That's right. All the wires are laid in the harness where they need to be. There's no interference from a wire rubbing another wire. All that has been engineered. It all fits together and works like it's supposed to. And it's been tested over and over and over again. And it's been tested, moreover, by the people who designed the system. So they are going to know about any little idiosyncrasy. There may be things in this system they don't even release to anybody, proprietary things that nobody has a way to know about that could react with whatever you're putting in. Sure. It's like trying to integrate any two things that are not engineered to work together. You know, if you buy a piece of software and one company writes the entire package, it's going to very likely work a whole lot better than if you buy one package from one company, another package from another, and then try to integrate them. Exactly. I remember we had a scheduling program that was supposed to integrate with our QuickBooks accounting program. And we played with that thing, played with it, played with it. But it just never did work right. Finally, we had to go in and separate the two and cause them not to even talk to each other. And even if it worked fine initially, say QuickBooks would come in and do an update, well, now nothing works anymore <laughs> exactly. because the other company didn't do the update. And it just was a real, real pain, and it's very much the same way, particularly when you're talking about electrical things. Oh, yeah, and as highly technical and electrical as vehicles are today. Well, as sensitive as man, they are. it is just ridiculous. It is, and that's one way to really get into a lot of problems. You know, if you go in and you buy an aftermarket ball joint, and that ball joint was made by, let's say, Moog, who is a pretty good aftermarket company, mm-hmm. engineered to fit that car, nothing's really going to change. Once it's installed properly, it's going to be in there. If it's a good part, it's going to be there. It's not likely to cause any problems. Right. But with electrical stuff, man, and let's say it was engineered to work with this thing, there's a flash update to your software on your car because of some issue they had. You flash it. Well, it wasn't designed to work with that system. Now, that aftermarket company is not going to go in and re-engineer the thing to work with this new flash you got. Exactly. That's why problems can occur. You go back to the dealership under warranty. It has some kind of an issue. They flash the computer. Well, now all of a sudden this other system starts giving weird things that you never knew about. So there's just all kinds of stuff, whereas if you get – the factory system this flash is going to take that into account exactly so when yeah. they flash they're going to automatically update everything including that system it's just one of those things with electrical components or anything that's going to tie into the computer system on your car i think that the aftermarket stuff is just going to cause more problems more headaches than it's going to be worth to you now you know if it's one of those things that you just want to do it and you're familiar with it you're going to read up on it you're going to do it yourself you know how to uninstall it if you have to then you're probably a whole lot better off than a guy who has to go pay somebody to do it. Well, and in the case of the remote start, you have to cut actually cut the starter wire to make it run through the, the auto start module now. Right. 
So let's just say something does happen to it. You have to take it out. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got to make the connection back between the two wires correctly or you're still going to have trouble. Well, that and the fact that this body module has now learned, hey, we've got another module in this system. Then all of a sudden that module disappears. Is that going to interfere with something? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, just so many unknowns in there that, you know, my advice, if you can go to the company that made the car and buy the components to add whatever you want, and I would think it would be very few actual physical components because it's going to run through the body module and our chassis module, one of them, PCM. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, all of those have the software in there anyway to do it. They just don't have the right. on-off switch. They write one software, put it in everything, and then you can go in and access certain components of it. Correct. I know we did that when we added fog lights to a vehicle. Mm-hmm. We had to go in and tell the body module, hey, this vehicle now has fog lights Correct. on it. And everything started working. Right. I remember on my on my uh, Chevy pickup, I wanted to put a cruise control in it. And basically, the only thing I had to do was add the multifunction switch that had the button for the cruise. All and the I had to get columns. the modulator under the hood to work the throttle body. And because it wasn't drive by wire on that one, but the when software. I did that, all I did is push the button. The light was already in the dash the sure. LED. It says cruise. It sure. pops on, and and the PCM had the instructions already, so everything works just like it's supposed to work. Exactly. But it was already engineered into the car, and it just didn't have the buttons to access it. So sometimes that's possible. That's very possible. Sometimes it's not. You just have to check your application. Yeah, to see if they do make the parts available to you separately. Sometimes they well, don't because they come as part of a package. Well, and especially if you bought that vehicle and the same vehicle came with that option. Right. The software's are like you say, the software's already written. They don't Generally write, it's already in there. They don't write two different softwares for two different vehicles. They right. just write one software for everything and let you access and certain components. Sometimes you have to go in to the module and, and enable that feature. You do. I know like Ford is notorious for that you have to go in and tell it to turn this on or turn this off mm-hmm. and you can do that with a forward scan tool a lot of the anti-theft systems are that like way that. you have to go in and tell it to, you're going to turn this on you got to add another user or all the different things you're going to do mm-hmm. you can program those in relatively easily yeah some of those if you have to add another key you have to have all the keys for right. the for the unit to program all the keys at one time some other different manufacturers will let you just add a key here and there correct so it just depends on your application the way it was written because some of them if you are adding a new key it's going to assume well maybe the old key is lost so it's going to lock every other key out so if you program a new key all the other ones won't work any longer correct they'll still turn the ignition cylinder but it won't start the car that's why a lot of times the shop will ask you how many keys do you have for this vehicle or how many do you want to use on this vehicle always best to bring all the keys with exactly especially if you got a key problem that's right or an auto theft problem Security system problem, I'm sorry. That's exactly right. Hey, we're going to talk some more about this and lots more as soon as we get back from this first quick little break. If you ever plan to motor west. Sir, how did you get in here? I used my grappling hook and climbed in through the window. Well, as long as you have an appointment. Ah, yes, Mr. B. Wing. Uh, why are you stressed about your job? Doc, I live in an area with a high crime rate, and part of my duty is to fight that crime. But lately, it seems like every time I turn around, someone needs my help. It's like this bright light signaling. Batwood, I mean, B. Wayne, help us. Well, Mr. Wayne, there's not much I can do in regard to your crime-fighting dilemma. But if you want some peace of mind, bring your car in once a year to AGCO for a general inspection. They'll inspect your vehicle bumper to bumper and let you know where you stand. And these guys are honest? 
Years ago, they advised me not to fix a minor electrical problem that I could live with because it was too expensive. They sound like good people. Okay, I've got to go. <coughs> I sure wish he would use the door like a normal patient. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. We were talking about aftermarket things in vehicles like the auto start feature. Systems you would add. Yeah, and one comes to mind is the aftermarket radios. Mm-hmm. They seem to work real good right out the box if you get all the components that go with it. Correct. So if you, I know um, on the Chevrolet truck, the chime module right goes through the radio correct well if the radio doesn't have a chime module built into it that's another part you have to buy that you didn't know about until you put it in and it didn't work yeah what will what, happen all your warning chimes will quit working sure because then it's not like the old days where you had a little mechanical thing that ding, made yeah. a noise a little dinger of some kind now what it does the class two network simply sends a pulse to the radio and the radio, the radio produces a chime right through the speakers through the speaker system and yeah we get that a lot and those seem to be cheaply built for for what i've seen uh-huh. a lot of times we'll get them in the chime module will go bad right uh, it seems to be a pretty high failure rate on that aftermarket chime modules that we get now that may just mean that all the chimes in the vehicle stops working but more often what it means is like your battery will start going dead sure you know, every night you park the truck and next morning your battery's dead and you put another battery and it still does it. And then you do this, you do that and people end up spending a lot of money. But what it is, a lot of times these modules will go bad. They're sitting there pinging the computers all night long, which and keeps them awake, stays awake. And so it runs your battery down. Sometimes not overnight. Sometimes if the vehicle sits for a couple of days, it'll occur. But what's happening is it's discharging the battery all night. The morning you crank it up, it recharges. Now you're deep cycling the battery. So it shortens your battery life from maybe three years down to maybe six months to a year. Mm-hmm. So you start killing batteries at a fast rate. and Can't understand why. Can't understand why. Right. But, yeah, those give a lot of trouble. We see, I guess the number one problem we see with aftermarket radios is dead batteries sure. and, and shortened life on batteries because they don't perfectly integrate with the system you've got. And either they're keeping something awake, even though the radio itself powers down, the lights all go out, it doesn't play anymore. But if, if that module is pinging the rest of the computers, it's keeping those awake. Right. And those modules are computers. Well, between 60 or 70 computers, depending on how many you got on your vehicle, they only got to draw a very, very small amount of amperage each to, to be put the carbosh on a battery in, you know, a, a sure eight-hour period of sitting there not running. And, you know, if you start the vehicle every single day, it may just discharge overnight. You start it up. It's still got a power to start the car. The alternator brings it back up. But, again, you're deep cycling the battery and you're deep cycling your alternator. So it could cause your alternator to fail because it's not designed to be a battery charger. It's designed to maintain a good battery. Right. So you can get into all kinds of weird, weird yeah. little things. What goes with that, if the battery voltage drops below a certain point, it may start affecting your HVAC system. You, know, you may start blowing out the wrong thing or blowing hot when it should blow cold. Who's going to relate that back to the aftermarket radio? Except Not, that that's it, <laughs> right? You've got to remember. Hey, when did this? When did this start? Did this start after we put the radio in? Did mm-hmm. this start before we put the radio in? Did it start after I had a flash update done to my computer? And again, sure. nothing wrong with the flash update, except that it updated the rest of the system. Now this one no longer 
properly integrates with. So, yeah, there's just so many things. And that's one of those things, anytime you have any kind of diagnosis done, if you can narrow it down to an event, say, okay, it started right after this. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to be careful. You don't want to give false information, and you don't want to start looking for something that's not it because human nature is such anytime anything happens, you're always looking for a logical sequence of events. Sometimes it will be related, but sometimes it won't. Well, everything happens after the last repair. Well, yeah, that's (laughs) right. Everything that will ever happen to this car will happen the day after after or some point after I worked on it. Right. Because that's just the nature of time. Now, is it related or not? Possibly. We don't know. But possibly not. So that's one reason you don't ever want to go in accusing. You you have the shop do some work on the car. Ever since you worked on my car, it's doing this. Now, what that's going to do, number one, is going to put you in an adversarial relationship with the shop right off the bat. Right because the they bat. hear that 100,000 times a week. And it's not something pleasant. Nobody likes to be accused of anything. More proper is I've got a problem. It's doing this, this. I've noticed this after the last repair. I'm not sure if it's related or not. Mm-hmm. And any shop that's worth his salt is going to say, yeah, it is related to what we did. I see we maybe accidentally bumped this or we did this. He's going to take care of it anyway. So it's right. not a problem. But if you go in and make an enemy out of the guy and it's not related well number one you got to find another shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you might not be welcome back there again. well that's right because everybody wants to relate something to something and it's kind of like the old story i've told a million times about you know you got a guy 95 years old he's never eaten a banana in his life he eats a banana and two days later he dies it'll always be the banana that killed him. exactly you know, it wasn't 98 years <laughs> but you know that was the thing with like getting a transmission service and you got the old wives tale about right. if you haven't serviced your transmission in so many miles don't, don't do service it, it right because it'll it's going to make it go out well it's, it's absolutely cannot happen a proper service could never ever hurt the transmission it's just the 150 200 miles without ever being serviced is what killed it sure then it starts doing something flaky you bring it in get a service hoping that's going to fix it well it can't undo the damage that's done and then it fails, well, it'll always, it be, the always service. be the service that but killed it. The service had nothing to do with it. It just happened that you neglected the transmission and now it went out and that happened to be after. Well, it's going to ha- always happen after something. Sure. So, yeah, linear progression doesn't automatically connote causality. <laughs> <laughs> but it is always wise to at least apprise the shop I had this done and then this occurred particularly Mm -hmm. if it's a different shop doing the work right for instance you went in and had an aftermarket radio installed in your car well that's obvious to you but to the shop who works on hundreds of cars a week he's not going to know when that radio was installed it might have been in there three years and it might have been put in last week he has no way to know that so if that is the case and you think it may be related go ahead and apprise him that because then he'll start looking in that area okay is there something in this radio that could cause this Otherwise, I've got to go in and do what we call ESP, electrical system profile. i got to start checking everything in the electrical system because if I don't, most likely if something, nothing's changed, it's going to be something in the electrical system that's malfunctioned. That is relatively inexpensive to do and has a pretty high likelihood of revealing a problem. So to save you money, I'm going to go to the most likely and least expensive things first. Sure. However, if this happened right after you put the radio in, that's going to change my order of progression on diagnosis. I'm not going to go and run a lengthy profile on the entire electrical system if I've got something that's just recently changed in the system. 
I'm first going to go to that and start testing that because the probability is higher that whatever has changed is causing, causing the, the problem, problem than something else that's been the same all along. You've had, let's say, a trailer hitch and trailer lighting installed in the car, and then you start having electrical problems. Well, I'm first going to go there and start looking at that. Sure. Was it installed correctly? Is there wire rubbed against the frame rail? You know, how was it installed? Was is the ground good on mm-hmm. it? Because I've seen a, a bad ground cause all kinds of electrical problems. Oh, absolutely. That happens quite frequently. We had a gentleman come in a couple of weeks ago, and he said that I think when he puts his brakes on or something, they start flashing. Mm-hmm. But it only does it on the back. So automatically, he's checking everything on the back of the car. But the problem was actually on the front. You had a light bulb that was shorted. It was shorting ground to power. So that one wasn't going to flash because it was shorted. The one on the other side was burned out. Right. So it wasn't actually it would have been flashing all four lights if everything would have been working. But the problem was on the right front, and it, it was only showing up in the rear. Right. The lens that held that bulb was full of water, and every time you would hit the brakes, the water would slosh back into the socket and mm-hmm. short the socket, right. start the wires together, Correct. and it was doing some goofy stuff. Yeah, doing all kind of weird stuff. But he had exhaustively checked the rear of the car. The guy was pretty sharp. He yeah. knew, knew a little bit about electricity himself. So he had checked everything in the rear. He said, I just can't find it. I mean, I've right. checked all the grounds. I've owned everything out. I've done a voltage drop test. I just can't find the problem. But again, the problem came in, or the fault came in, that he was looking at where the problem was manifesting and assuming was, that was the cause of the problem. Where it was actually working at. Which is a logical assumption. Sure. Because sure. if neither front are doing it and both rear are doing it, you would think, Naturally, yeah, the problem is in the, the rear. rear. But because both the bulbs just happened to be burned out on the left, it wasn't going to do anything. Put a new bulb in it, it would start flashing also, mm-hmm. which tells you it's a universal problem through the whole electrical right. system. And, and there, the one that was shorted also wasn't going to do it. There you go to the diagram. You, you start looking at the, at the wiring diagram and figure out what is inquired into this circuit. Mm-hmm. How many components are in this circuit, and are they all doing the same thing? Correct. If they're all doing the same thing, what do they have in common? Right. And you can kind of narrow it down. But that if you way. see just two of them doing it and the other two not doing it, then you, you automatically assume, say, okay, well, it wouldn't be this because this is common to all four of them. Exactly. So you so get off on a tangent and trail. you can spend an inordinate amount of time oh, yeah. checking where the problem is because automatically you've gone on, you made a logic error and you said because two are doing it and the other two, then it can't be anything common to all of them. And, that, and that's not the case. Right. you got to say, is there another reason why these two aren't and these two are? And, again, with lighting, you know, first thing you want to do is go in and make sure you don't have any bad bulbs anywhere in the system. Or wrong bulbs. Or you know, wrong bulbs. I have seen a wrong bulb installed in a system. Oh, and very often. It it just manifests into a, a nightmare sometimes. Well, remember we used to have the 1156 and 1157 bulbs, which sure. were identical bayonet base. But one had two terminals, one had one terminal. And you could put an 1157 and 1156 socket. If you were, if you were crafty, you could get you, them in there. You could, or <laughs> vice versa. Now, right. if you put the 1156 and 1157 socket, it was going to short across those two terminals and you're going to have just all sorts of weird electrical oh, yeah. issues. All kinds of coming crazy up. stuff. We got to take our second quick little break. Hey, we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Live 
eye back and tell me what's stressing you out, Mr. Herr Voltage, supervillain, arch nemesis of good. I have electric superpowers, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like you're burnt out and stressed about your job. Yes, Doctor, the pressure is insane. My wife's always nagging me about my evil plans not being up to par. Melting the polar ice caps, blocking out the sun, world domination. None of it's good enough for her. Uh, some days, I just want a garden. Herr Voltage, I can't really advise you on your super evil plans, but I can offer this advice on gaining some peace of mind. Bring your car in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They check your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and they catch any problems early so you don't have major repairs down the road. Hmm, I know Agco could work on my Scion, but can they work on my G19 thermonuclear urban assault car copter? You'll have to call Agco about that. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Knock noise off the river to Don't mind it cause the man with hey, the whiskers welcome back. Just join us in the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll appreciate your call. We'll try to answer anything you may have. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. You got anything on your mind, question or comment, you just give us a call. Got all our lines wide open. Be glad to try to help you out. And in South Louisiana, we're coming up fast on Mardi Gras season. We are. So I'm not sure how many live, live shows, shows we're we'll be doing in the next month. In the next, uh, well, next well, couple next of weeks, weeks anyway. Yeah. Cause I think Mardi, Mardi Gras is on the 25th of February? 24th, I think. 24th, 25th? Tuesday. I'm not sure. I'm not looking at the calendar, calendar right now. <laughs> so don't get, I think it's a couple of weeks off. Yeah. But what happened, I live in New Orleans in the French Quarter, and with the parades and all, it is all but impossible to get out and if you get out you may not get back in exactly they close so many roads because of the parades and the races and all that the kind of crowds of people crowds yeah. trying to cross like bourbon street you just ain't gonna have they got all, all the roads yeah. that cross bourbon they block off they bring in these road blocking machines the and barriers just, yeah they barriers and set them up just because the world being what the world is they don't want some fool running through the crowd you know sure and i've seen that street packed so tight you couldn't walk oh absolutely you have the brewing of a catastrophe there oh so quickly yeah it's, i think that like any big event it's very 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 securely yes policed they have very I mean, heavily they bring in you obviously you got nopd is there the orleans sheriff's department the jefferson sheriff's department the St. Charles Sheriff's Department, but they also bring in the state police. They bring in the prison guards. They bring in the levy board guards. Right. They even bring in the SPs and the MPs. Generally, the Navy will pull a couple of ships out the, at uh, Bell Chase, and they'll bring the SPs and the MPs in oh, yeah. just to have uniform presence in the crowd. Yeah. So I guess it's like anything else. The, the more show of authority you have, the less you probably have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> But I've been going to Mardi Gras for probably 50 years, and i got to say I've seen less problems there than you do in a gen- general weekend. And sure. When you consider you got a 14-block area with probably 2 million drunks in it. <laughs> exactly. you, you got to say they're doing a pretty darn good job. But we may or may not do live shows, just depending on whether I can get, I'm going to record some shows and have okay. them on there. Hopefully, we'll be able to do a live show next week anyway. And I'm not sure beyond that, after. depending on how things go. but. We were talking a little bit about problems that people can have, aftermarket accessories and all that. I think we pretty much discussed that. But you know, another issue that we see from time to time is with tires. And people, a lot of times, will go and buy a tire for their car. And I know everybody thinks they know everything there is to know about tires. 
but there's an entire world of things to know that the average person has no idea about things like load ratings traction ratings types of tires and all these sorts of things and we had earlier last week a gentleman had brought some passenger car tires in and wanted them mounted on a three-quarter ton van right that actually calls for a light truck tire which is a load e yeah uh, 10 ply tire right is what goes on that vehicle and he didn't understand that and we had to tell him sorry sir i can't do this this is right. not this safe is not, this is not the correct tire for this application it was it's brand new but it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter it's brand new. it's the wrong tire for the application and luckily we were able to tell from the wheel because he didn't bring i think the whole vehicle in. no it's just the tire just the, the, tire the wheel. tires in well the tire and the rim that came off the vehicle had a low d tire on it correct but the one he supplied was a passenger car tire right so and you know, there are some shops that maybe wouldn't notice that or just don't care. They just do it. But mm-hmm. you can't, as a professional, you have to look out for the public. That's sure. part of your job. You can't knowingly do something that's wrong, even if the customer wants you to do it. Right. You just right. have to say, no, I, I'm sorry, this is not something we can do. And hopefully he'll take that in the spirit in which it's intended, and he'll go do the right thing. I remember I had a gentleman get extremely mad at me years ago because he had a tire that was seven years old and he wanted me to repair a flat for him. Mm -hmm. And like I told him, I said, sir, I can't. This tire is no longer safe to be operated. It's over six years old. Right. Well, it's got a lot of rubber on it. Well, yes, sir, it does have a lot of rubber on it. And he got kind of angry about it. I said, well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to repair the tire. It's an expired tire. You know, you need to go and get another tire. And he stormed out and ironically he comes back about three months later and wants to know if i'd be willing to testify in court because someone else had put a tire uh, had repaired the tire it did blow out damaged his car and now he had a lawsuit i said well (laughs) i probably don't want to get involved in that (laughs) right but you did know Uh uh-huh so i I don't know that you could blame somebody else for that i don't know that's a legal question yeah that's one of the legal (laughs) things maybe it's a a legal advice show can (laughs) chime in on that but yeah, a professional is held to a bit of a higher standard when it comes to doing something wrong. And I know I've, over the years, had to tell certain people that, no, we couldn't do something uh-huh. that, that they wanted done. Uh-huh. Remember, we had a, this morning on the way to the show, I noticed a Tahoe slammed up against the interstate wall. Right. Looks like a broken ball joint on it. Front wheels all flopped out. And yeah, and the truck's all smashed against the wall and... All that for an aftermarket lift kit and a bad part. Right. And what happens, ball joints don't just break. No. Not ever. It's a solid steel, taper-fit part. What causes a ball joint to break 99% of the time is that the taper on the knuckle has gotten wallered out because maybe somebody left it loose at some point in time. or That is, that is supposed to be a press fit. Yeah, installed it, the wrong one, damaged it, installing it, whatever. Mm-hmm. The point is, when you get a broken ball joint, you take a new ball joint, put it into the knuckle, and if it doesn't fit like it's supposed to, if it won't lock in, then you have to replace the knuckle. Right. Which is considerably more expensive expensive. than just replacing the ball joint. I had a person come in one time, the ball joint had broken their car, and they wanted me just to change the ball joint. I said, no, sir, we can't do that because the knuckle is that well i don't have the money for that well then you're gonna have to just quit well, driving looks, the car looks until, like we'll be walking yeah until you can get the money to, to do it because you can't well I, if i authorize it well nope. no, you can't authorize it because <laughs> number one you're not the only person on the highway and if you're doing 70 miles an hour and that ball joint lets go and you swerve over and head on a minivan with a family of five in it well, it's gonna be right. a big problem and i don't want to be the cause of that right so no no sir i can't do that 
And in many cases, you just have to refuse the job. You can't force people to do what they don't want to do. No. An automotive shop doesn't have policing powers. You can't make a person do what they don't want to do. But you can refuse to get involved in it, and hopefully they'll take that. Take that advice and understand, hey, this is a safety problem. Related issue. Right. I had a guy come in one time, even though this wasn't truly safety related, but he had wanted to put a timing belt, and all he wanted to do was put the belt on. And the car had a huge number of miles, and I asked him, I said, has the water pump and the idler pulleys ever been replaced? No. This is the first time the belt's been changed on it. But I just want to put a belt on it. I said, well, I wouldn't advise that because if you do – and that water pump locks up. It's going to throw the belt. It's going to throw the belt off, and you're right back where you started. One of those idler pulleys locks up. It's going to do that. While I'm doing this job, I'm right there. It's just the price of the parts is going to be the only difference. Sure. And he didn't want to do it. So I just said, well, then I'm just not going to be the guy to help you. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not going to be able to do that because I don't feel that's in your best interest. You're looking at a catastrophic failure here that's going to cost far, far, far more than you're ever going to save. And... You know, he left, and then a couple of days later, he came back. He says, "Yeah, go ahead and do the whole job." He says, mm-hmm. "I've been thinking about it." And you're right. So, yeah, great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you see it that way. But as a as an expert, I am held to a higher standard than say a customer would be. If something were to happen, and I'm the last guy I worked on here, a judge That's where the judge is going first. Yeah, he's going to say, "Well, didn't you know it was wrong?" Well, why'd you do it? Exactly. <laughs> And well, cause the customer wanted me to do it, ain't gonna cut it. You know, no. I'm sorry, this ain't gonna feed the bulldog, you know. <laughs> but yeah, this kind of stuff does happen. Another place where we see a lot of issues with that is people will go and purchase a used tire somewhere. Right. And that's, I would like to see the sale of used tires just gone, outlawed. Gone completely. Just gone completely because number one, someone took this tire off of the old car for a reason. Truck for a reason. There's probably something wrong with it. Either they're outdated, they've been damaged, they've got a plug or multiple plugs in it. Who knows? Right. The fact that it's still got rubber on the tire does not mean it's a good or even serviceable tire. No, no. And the thing about a used tire, how much are you actually saving with a used tire? You're compromising safety for one thing. Well, not only your own safety, but the safety of everybody else on the 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 road road with you. you. Right. Now, every tire has a date on it, and that dating started in 1990. Right. So on one side of the tire or both, behind the, the letters DOT, there's a series of letters and numbers. Correct. The last set of numbers, there's a four-digit number there, is the week and the year that tire was made. Correct. It's so, a little cryptic because it'll be something like 2519. Yeah, that means the 25th week of, of 2019. Correct. Because they don't put the day on it. No, the, the week. Yeah, it's the week is what, is what they're going to go by. And. If you happen to have to get a tire, even if you're buying new tires, mm-hmm. you want to know that date. Correct. Because I've seen three-year-old tires get sold as new. Well, that's right. Just and because they haven't been mounted or balanced before, they're still three years old. That's right. And sitting in a warehouse may be as bad. Some experts think it's worse than rolling down the road. Sure. So you don't want to purchase an old tire to start with. Most better shops are going to review that and check the tires when they come in from their supplier and refuse anything that's old now if you got a car that takes a very rare tire for odd, instance uh, odd size yeah try to find a 13 or 14 inch tire now or even a 15 at times even 15s in many sizes is getting to be very very yeah. difficult because the manufacturers have gone to 16 17 18 all 20s. the way up to 20s and right. 22s 
the small sizes are getting much, much more difficult to find. In a good brand name. Yeah, in a, a, because I, the big manufacturers just quit making them. Right. Some of, you can find them in some of the odd names, some of the, the low-end tires to make those sizes. So you're kind of limited to what well, is I out there. The supposition is if this person has a car this old, they probably don't want to spend a whole lot of money for a good tire, which is not necessarily no. true. No. Not but at all. That's kind of sort of the way sure, the manufacturers. It's just not going to be a big enough market. Well, it's not profitable for them. Yes, yeah, not going. I'm not going to sell enough of these. I can't make a whole batch. If I make a handful of tires, it costs me a fortune. I got to make. You know, when that machine's rolling, I can make a hundred thousand tires, almost as cheap as I can make ten thousand tires. Sure. And to make a hundred tires would cost as much as ten thousand tires, but no profit of selling them all. So they're just not anxious to make the smaller sizes anymore. So. In those cases, you may have to accept a three-year-old tire. It may be the newest tire that's out there, but you got to remember when you buy this tire, it's only good for another three years. Right. You know, this is going to still it's go already. from that standpoint. Now, another option, if you're very, very careful, but I almost hate to say this, but sometimes you can upgrade to a bigger wheel, but the, that brings on a whole lot of other It does because there's issues. so there's so many things that, incorporate a wheel fitting correctly onto a vehicle mm -hmm. there's charts out there there's mix match things you can do some vehicles have the same size hub the later models they had a bigger wheel you can upgrade the older wheel the newer wheel to the older vehicle right. if it's an exact fit well and if the car had an option to come with either in other words the car had an option of 14 inch wheels or 16 inch wheels then if you get the original 16-inch wheel for that car, it's then probably going to fit. It's going to be engineered for the car. Right. It's going to be the right offset. It's going to be the right diameter. It's going to be the right width. It's going to be the right lug pattern. It's going to be the right hole center. Correct. I know and that is just a handful of the measurements that need to be oh, made. offset, on and on and on, sure. lug type. I remember my Buick was a Park Avenue Ultra, uh -huh. which came with a 17-inch wheel right. as an option from the factory. However, if you got a standard Park Avenue, it came with a 15-inch wheel. So if you could not find the 15-inch tires any longer and you could find a set of wheels off of an Ultra, you could put them on. They would bolt right on and they, they right would fit. fit the vehicle. Now, you do have to go to what they call a plus one or plus two fitment. That's where, because the rim size is taller, you got to go to a lower profile tire to keep the overall height of the tire the same. Correct. For instance, when you go from a 15 to a 17, you may have to drop from a 70-series tire down to a 60-series tire or 50-series tire. To or whatever the, to keep the overall height the same and overall diameter there's lots of calculators on the internet there is. we got one on our website there is it's very you can, handy you can compare two tires and it'll tell you what the difference is in the two and even tell you how much it's going to throw your speedometer off yep if you go on our website it's a tire size calculator. calculator now so long as the tire is the same overall height and close to the same overall width and has the proper wheel that is a way to go sure now you can't go with a much wider tire because most cars today the tire width is engineered to fit that car you go to a wider one it's gonna start rubbing on things when you when you rotate the tire in or out mm -hmm. some of them will rub on the fender some of them rub on the fender liner some of them rub on the stabilizer bars and that is just within the same manufacturer upgrading wheel size you can just forget about the aftermarket yeah when the when you get into aftermarket wheels you get in all sorts of of different problems well the offset of the wheel is absolutely critical because it determines where that tire the center of the tire will pivot when the steering axis inclination and included angle are drawn together there's going to be a pivot point where the two lines intersect 
And if that's to the inside of the tire, it's going to do one thing when you drive down the road. To the outside of the tire, it's going to do something else. If you change the in, the offset, you change every bit of that. Sure. All, everything, whether the tire will tow in or tow out when it drives down the road has been changed. So all the alignment specifications are going to change to an unknown. Exactly. And you don't have the wherewithal to know what those changes are. So even though you align it perfectly to, to the, the factory specs. specifications, you, you may still, still have, have issues with tire wear and so on. Another big, big thing is that when the aftermarket makes a wheel, they are casting a certain wheel or forging a certain wheel. They don't want that to fit one car. No. Because it would be cost prohibitive. That, so For that reason, they use a bigger center hole, which the center hole centers the wheel on the vehicle. On a factory wheel, they're hub-centric. Right. So what they do, they allow the lug studs to center the wheel, which is not nearly the same, and we're going to get into that more right after this phone call. we got John on the line. Good morning, John. Hey, guys. I almost missed you all. I had this question I wanted to ask. Okay, good. All right. I just picked up a 13 Suburban, an LTZ. Okay. And I've got two main main questions. I know it uses Dexos oil. Correct. Okay. And I went and looked for oil. And I'm a Mobile One fan, and I saw some Mobile One had the Dexos label on it, and uh-huh. some didn't. Is that Dexos oil acceptable for that, or is that something? Yeah, Dexos, John, is not an oil. It's a specification. And as long as you okay. meet the specification, as far as I know, the last time I checked, Mobile One will exceed Dexos in, in every category. So you can uh, okay. use the Mobile One. Now, make sure you're not getting just a mobile oil, even though it says synthetic. If it's not Mobile One, it may or may not meet no, the specification. It should be Mobile One. Yeah, if you use Mobile One, it will exceed the specifications it should for Dexos. Have the, okay. should have the Dexos label on the And on usually the it's on it the bottle. It has the, it has the two Dexos on front of it. Oh, correct. Okay, cool. Next question. I'm reading a lot about these AFM disablers that you can put on the GM vehicles. Yeah. Are y'all thoughts, experience? Yeah, I would not do it. Would not no. do it. The EPA is starting to crack down on that. They have handed out some huge fines. That violates uh-huh. the Clean Air Act. And they have hit, like, one of the diesel manufacturers, programmers. They just came down them with, yeah, I, real I, hard. like, $10 million fine or something. Really? Yes. It is illegal to do it. What they do, they'll advertise those as off-road or something to that extent. Right. But, no, that okay. system really gives very, very, very few problems so long as you use the proper oil and you change it on right. a regular basis. With the proper oil filter. Right. With the proper oil filter. You're not going to have trouble with that system. Where okay. people have I trouble see. is they're trying to push their oil changes out 10,000 miles and they wear I out see. the well, buckets and all. Everybody's claiming 10, 20,000-mile oil changes. Right. Forget and that. we're, no, seeing, not me. <laughs> we're yeah. seeing engine troubles right low left. mileage right and left with those vehicles now. Okay. It's just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. 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 No, that, with your mobile one, get you a good GM Delco filter and put on there. You'll never yep, see yeah. trouble with that system. All right. Well, I'm thinking about it. One other quick question. I, okay. I'm up I, against I, a break. Could, could you hold on through the break? Sure. Sure. All sure. right. Hold on. And you'll be up first one after the break. Sorry. Drop it. Okay. <laughs> John, you call right back. I'll put you right straight up to the top of the list. Got to take a quick little break and be right back with more. Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues, uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. Zelch 
check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! That little bitch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between tools, try to answer any automotive question you might have. And we got John's been patiently holding. What's the last question, John? Yeah, I'm going to, with the exception of the transmission, I'm going to do a complete fluid and filter change on this Suburban. Okay. And it's, I think it's got a locking rear end in it. It's an LTZ. Yeah, that type of locking rear end does not require the additive because that is a gov okay. lock yeah. rather than a clutch type. Okay. That so, was my yeah, if you use the Mobile One, Mobile One 75W90 will give you everything you need. Most of the other okay. vehicles use clutches in the rear, and they'll start popping if you don't right. use the additive in it. But this one doesn't. It's got a centrifugal-type lock. When it spins, okay. it slings out and locks. It doesn't use clutches. Okay. The vehicle, I don't have any service history, but I know that she had just put a brand-new set of high-dollar Michelins on it. Okay. And the vehicle's in very, very, very good shape, but I don't have any service records on it. How many miles you got on it? Speci- 86. Well, if the trans hadn't been done, I would definitely have it yeah, serviced. definitely doing trans. Okay. Coolant, if it hasn't been right. changed, I would definitely be doing yep. that. Brake uh, fluid. Yep. Brake fluid, if it hasn't been done. Spark yep. plugs are getting real close. They, yeah. They're usually good till 100. They're not too critical on that one because they'll generally go 100. I would okay. really recommend. Uh, John, are you in the Baton Rouge area? I am, yeah. I would recommend yeah. taking that to someone, have a general inspection done on the vehicle. Yeah. That'll tell you uh-huh. where you stand in regard to where you should be. And give you okay. a complete list of things to do and things to look for. That would be the yeah. safest thing to do. Okay. All right. All right, gentlemen. I appreciate y'all's help. Y'all have a great weekend. All right, John. All right, thank thanks you. for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. We got a couple of minutes left. You can make it real quick. He had a lot of great questions. Yeah. You know, he was talking about that active fuel management. I got to say, so long as you use common sense, you maintain the vehicle, out of all the millions of those vehicles on the road, very few ever have problems. And in every case I've seen one with problems, it had been neglected from a standpoint of maintenance. Sure. And most of that was improper oil changes, wrong oil, lack of oil changes. Right. You know, trying to drag, drag them out too far. That Skipping to, oil changes. That tends to wipe them out in a hurry. But oh, yeah. Just because the oil does so much more now than just lubricate. Well, as so long as you keep the oil properly serviced, properly changed, right oil, right oil filter and all that, you're not even going to know that system's on there, no. except you may get a slightly better gas mileage, better fuel mileage. It's a pretty well-engineered system, and it works pretty well. Like I said, it's almost invisible. I know you got these companies producing something that's supposedly going to disable, and they're trying to say all these right. maladies it's going to cause. But the first time the Clean Air Act, EPA comes down on them, for the shop, I want to say it's like a $10,000 fine. And then do they go out to the, the individuals after that? I don't know if, if they're going after the actual car owners, but who knows what could right. happen. And right. they're, I don't going, think they're I going after the companies that produce them, for sure. I don't think I want to be involved. No. <laughs> <laughs> I see we're just about out of time. Get ready to get on out of here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. 
Go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service and find a written view and fill it out for us, please. Yeah, that'll move us up in the ranking so that when someone types in a generic term like auto repair, we'll come up close to the top of the list so more people will click on us and listen. And that's where we want to be. Absolutely. Also makes us feel real good about what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend. Thank you.